Thanks for joining us for Generations Unite, our weekly discussion about increasing everyday spirituality from the perspective (laughs) of different generations. We hope our conversations and meditations will help increase forgiveness, spiritual healing, prosperity, and living a life of freedom and self-expression. Now it's time for Generations Unite. Welcome to Generations Unite, everybody. All right, all right. Is this our weekly discussion? More a monthly. You know, last time we did this, it was a month ago. Exactly one month ago. Yeah, I feel like it could be monthly or it could be bi week, bi weekly. You know what's weird? Mm-hmm. So we recorded this before one month ago. We did. We're on Facebook Live. This is where we talk about different generational things. I've gotten so much feedback from this one show. Mm-hmm. Generations Unite. Mm-hmm. And we only did it once. So, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to share, like, how to do the watch party right now. Okay, I'll show you. This is this is a kind of an important thing because a lot of times we talk about generational differences. And one of them is that my generation is a lot better when it comes to, like, uh, I don't know. Oh, there, there you are. You did it. Yeah. Did uh, I share it? Yeah, okay, I sure did. cool. I'm a lot better when it comes to, you know, technology and stuff than you millennials. Yeah, I love how the beginning of the Generations Unite podcast was you telling me how to use a piece of technology on social right. media. Right. You can't you can't just stereotype against these Gen Xers. But then again, I am not there yet, so I need mm-hmm. I got to share it as well. So how are you, Megan? You know, I'm good. I, I shared this. I'm a little worried about if I hope that I do this justice when we talk about uh, like politics. I hope I can do it justice. Why couldn't you? Well, because I honestly like I know what I think and I can tell you why I think what I think. But I'm not as well researched as I have been like in past elections because I'm kind of at this point where like. I know that I'm going to vote for, you know, not Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I'm trying to focus on um, the things that I can change. I guess, I guess I feel like, you know, growing up with my dad as a politician, uh-huh. I, I was, I believed that my vote mattered. I grew up believing that my vote mattered. And I'm here to teach you something differently, I guess. Is that, it doesn't. This is uh, breaking news. <laughs> Uh, Missouri's called for Joe Biden already. Missouri's called for Joe Biden. The really? re- the results aren't in yet, but it looks like um, Joe Biden has been called as the winner. Already? How does it call? And Mississippi. How does it call if the results aren't in? Let's take a look. Let's look at another news, news source, okay? Dude, the New York Times. Kansas City's mayor was turned away when he tried to vote. Right. Biden wins Mississippi. And he leans he winds his lead over Sanders early on Super Tuesday to Missouri and North Carolina are too early to call. I'm I'm sorry. I have another news source, the Independence Examiner that says that they called it for him. Yeah, AP politics says that he does. That he what? That he that called. He, that he set. He set to win Missouri. 
Which, if the own mayor, if the mayor can't vote, what the hell happened? It's strange, isn't it? So, this is a show where we talk about some different things. I'll tell you one thing. There's going to be a lot of conspiracy conspiracy theories tonight. There is? I, there's going to be. So, let's just get to it. Who did you vote for for president? I voted for Bernie Sanders. Okay. I voted for jo- Joe Biden. And what's really interesting is there is such a generational difference when it comes to these two candidates for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't quite understand Mm -hmm. the appeal of Bernie Sanders for young people because he's as old, if not older than Joe Biden, and he just had a heart attack. Well, can I share one? Yeah. Help me understand this. This is the point of it. You're helping me understand your generation. I'm going to help you understand mine. All right. So here's an article from Vice that was shared around very frequently. Mm -hmm. All right. Can you hear me? Sorry. Right there in the microphone. So here's an article from Vice Mm -hmm. that so many of my friends shared. I saw this all over social media. Okay. A Biden presidency would be a, quote, death sentence climate activist warn. Oh, wow. Okay. The former vice president's what's, campaign what's their li- has climate activists very worried. Okay. I'm listening because so, I, 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 I don't see that, so I want to know what they're thinking. I And I've had, and I'm going to kind of glance through this article. <laughs> I'm going to sort of glance through this article, but I just also want to tell you my experience as a millennial. I have... At least five people that have told me, mm-hmm. like one friend in particular said, I'm a single issue voter. Okay. And that's climate change. Okay. Like I'm, and it's sort of like, I'm serious. We need climate change. Like we need to be talking about it seriously. Okay. Also with the coronavirus, mm-hmm. Bernie wants healthcare for all. Uh huh. It's not enough for you to have private healthcare. What if... Johnny down the street doesn't have health care. Yeah. He gets coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It's it's just things like this. No, I want to know more about prepared. that article because here's okay, here's yeah. the truth of it, okay? Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders may have a different plan when it comes to fighting climate change mm-hmm. than Bill than um than Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. But Joe Biden is not bad on climate change. Mm-hmm. In fact, he checks one box that will be so much better. Um, for box? climate tra- change, and this is the box—the reason why he's winning. You want to know what it is? Yes. People are voting for Joe Biden because they think he can beat Donald Trump. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. Why is that unfortunate? Because I don't. Well, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think that that's true. Well, the. The thing is that you don't really know, yeah. right? There's just there's absolutely no way to know for sure. Yeah. But what we've seen in the primary so far is that more people have turned out for Biden instead of Bernie. Bernie has claimed that he can get all these new people coming out and he has not increased the number of people that voted for him from 2016. That's a big concern. Okay. And so you know, when it comes to, and this I, this is this really is a podcast about generations, folks. Mm-hmm. And you can give us a call at 913-735-0060 if you want to add to the discussion. But I think too many times we think things are so different. 
And so now this is a perfect example. So they're old establishment white guys who we want to beat Donald Trump. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, the and so that, we're all really in the same team. Yeah. We're just we're just on the edges fighting over things. Yes, yes. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So here's actually a couple things from this Vice article. Uh, this is a quote from someone named Leah Stokes, who is a political scientist at the University of California, Santa Barbara, who closely follows the politics of climate change. Okay. She said, this is an existential threat that we are talking about for okay. all life on Earth, all Americans. Okay. I don't trust him at all. He's got a lot of explaining to do with what exactly is his plan to deal with the climate crisis. And then it says okay. from Vice... Biden's campaign website contains only three sentences about the greatest crisis ever to face humankind. And those are located midway down to the secondary page, which Biden says we must turbocharge our efforts to address climate change and ensure that every American has access to clean drinking water, clean air um, in an environment free from pollutants. So I think part of the difference is that he is not proposing a plan. But then also this says that Vice's request for details... Uh, they have reached out to him to respond, and he didn't. So okay. people might not people don't really trust that either. Okay, so mm-hmm. I understand. So I understand that because we don't. The question is, mm-hmm. what is your plan, Joe? Not yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. and I keep going to keep going back to this. Yeah. Do you think Tr- Donald Trump would ever say anything like he did? On his website? No. See, that's the thing is that I'm against people that are like, oh, well, I'm not going to turn out. Because the Mm -hmm. thing is, is that Trump is detaining children. Yes. Like, he's creating, like, modern-day concentration camps. He's racist. Not only is he racist and sexist, he's incompetent. He Mm -hmm. cannot lead. He can't do anything. You know what? You know? I think that's an underreported thing. He's incompetent. Yes. He's incompetent. He's truly incompetent. Like... And it's and and we're, we're off we're off the Democrats, but isn't <laughs> isn't that why everybody's freaking out about the coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, then you have people go, well, you know, you can die of the flu. Yeah, but we know how to manage the flu. Yes. We don't know how to manage coronavirus because we have an incompetent leader. Yeah, He's incompetent. Have, yes. He's bad at his job. And I've heard of like nurses in California that like are directly helping patients mm-hmm. that then like they're sick and they're like quarantined for like weeks because they don't have enough access to like oh you know the actually, supplies they need yeah here's another generational thing is that i think a lot of people um young people get their news from social media mm-hmm. so that could mean that the articles that come our way are not the ones that are at the top of the screen or but the ones or the ones you get push notifications for, but the ones that enrage people enough to where it's shared all over. Yes. And also on Twitter, it's like I read things like I saw something going viral. It was an account from an actual nurse. Mm-hmm. So it's like I feel like, oh, I'm really seeing like how that nurse feels as opposed to like reading an article about it. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing with Bernie is on Twitter, I see so many minorities, especially like black women, like minority women or like um, a Muslim women, like all different types of minorities that they don't like Biden. Mm-hmm. The thing, a lot, I see, I see that so much. And to where I say, 
as someone who cares about that, I want to listen to their voices mm-hmm. as well. So that's where I guess I wanted to tell you, I'm not saying that Biden doesn't care because I'm saying that I haven't even researched it. Okay. But if I notice this whole, like, if I notice lots of activist groups saying, we don't like him, we don't feel like he supports us. And, like, I see all these memes of, like, um, photos from back in the day of, like, Biden like being against like busing and then like um he was against busing in the early 70s yeah, yeah you're and, right. I, and i understand like that that's how a lot of old people are but i think that the reason why people really um love bernie for that is because he was protesting back then like people see him as a man of integrity who has always stood by like his values so let me go to mm-hmm. let me share something with you mm-hmm and it, this was something I posted on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. An open letter to white liberals blaming low-information black voters for not cleaning up their white folks' mess. So what... Ooh, that's interesting. So I, I guess I bring that as an example mm-hmm. of... I think it's more generational than anything else. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you think it's, um, you know, different cultures and stuff. I think it's... I, because mm. older... African-American people are voting for for Biden. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I'm going to try to... Well, actually, I have another thing that we can talk about is this is something... It's a screenshot, so I honestly, I can't remember if it's from the Washington Post or the New York Times, but it was that quiz where you can take and then see yes. who you go uh-huh. with. People were sharing this of like, here's why I'm voting for Bernie because it like was like the no, 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 no for mm-hmm. Biden. Can I read through them or do you yeah. want Okay, so here's all, all of these that I'm about to share. Um, Sanders is for and Biden's not. One, legalize marijuana federally. Okay. Um, two, ban all fracking. That's another huge climate thing mm-hmm. that a lot of climate change activists are care about. One, enact a wealth tax, or not one, but enact a wealth tax. Cover everyone on government-run health insurance. Okay. That's, Let that's all, a Medicaid for all. Yeah. And so, and Biden is expand Obamacare. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm for whatever. Yeah. And then, um, let all prisoners vote. Biden says no. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, the U.S. should consider a jobs guarantee. I understand that. That's okay. kind of a radical thing, but... Focus deportation on criminals and national security threats. Biden said no. I'm not quite sure what Biden's answer was. Yeah. But you know what my guess mm-hmm. is on some of those. I mean, I heard Joe Biden say this, mm-hmm. that Bernie has been very consistent in everything he says. Mm-hmm. And he has more plans, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that's that's mm-hmm. a strength. Mm-hmm. And I bet you some of those no's are no answers. Yeah, I bet that's true. Yeah. So, eliminate private insurance. A lot of people really care about that. That also would be a very radical change that I understand Uh could be hard. Um, Guarantee more than 12 weeks of paid family leave. Mm -hmm. The government should end nuclear power. College should be free. Student loan debt should be canceled for everyone. Consider eliminating the electoral college. Mm -hmm. So, people were sharing that. Um, Yeah. So... I don't disagree. I agree with most of those things. Mm-hmm. But I also know where we are in this country mm-hmm. and what's going to happen mm-hmm. if 
let's say Bernie becomes president, he's not going to be able to get those things done unless we get a, a Senate and a House behind him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sh- I'm going to play this clip. It's from uh, MSNBC, and it actually is a guy I know, Don Calloway. He's a friend of mine. And we were oh, in the ha- yeah. we were in the House together, but he he kind of sums up a little bit my mm-hmm. beyond the issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, those issues I agree with, but yeah. this is this is the situation. Mm-hmm. I think we're in is why I, I like Biden. A valid point, yeah. or is it merely aspirational? He's not making a valid point. You know, I would issue a stern warning to Bernie Sanders and his camp, and particularly his messengers. Everybody who is not uh, on Team Bernie is not, quote unquote, the establishment. And that's what's gotten him in trouble messaging wise over the last two weeks is that if you don't agree with me, you're somehow the establishment. Well, millions of black folks throughout the United States South, and particularly the Southeast, are not establishment. What they are is particularly pragmatic voters who have lived a lifetime of politicians making promises to them that are ultimately broken. And they are experiencing a time right now on this Trump presidency which feels to them like a lot of the most nightmarish elements of American history that they have lived through so what we're trying to do right now a lot of these folks my parents age and older are trying to get out of this immediate moment and they deem Joe Biden as the best way to do that that doesn't make folks the establishment so I think Bernie has to be very very careful with the messaging on that because it's frankly insulting okay just to get around the race thing but yeah that really is a generational thing that really is how i feel is that yeah. we're in such a terrible situation with trump mm-hmm. that the person who is the best qualified by his mannerisms and his experience to actually bring more people together on the ballot is joe biden mm-hmm. with that said i'm exactly like you i'm if bernie wins i'm voting for bernie <laughs> yeah i mean trump. i mean i don't even think so there's a few things i could share on this so Here's here's another thing that was shared a lot mm-hmm. is Joe Biden responds to Bernie Sanders by saying the quote establishment is trying to defeat him. He says the establishment are the are those hardworking middle class people, African Americans. They're the establishment, which is kind of related to that. Bernie quote tweeted that and he said, "No, Joe, the establishment are the sixty billionaires who funded your campaign and the corporate funded super PACs that are spending millions on negative ads mm-hmm. attacking me." So here, what I would say to this is that it seems almost like they're talking about slightly different things. And here's another reason why I'm for Bernie is he literally talks about the fact that billionaires are running everything. Mm -hmm. We're like, literally, I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, sure, I'm really liberal and I am a Democrat. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to get to the point where really it is the one person. It's the billionaires. Yeah. I mean, Trump wasn't even a Republican. He used to be a Democrat. It's it's honestly the billionaires that are control. It's the Michael Bloomberg and all of that. You're right, but mm-hmm. we, we we're we're in a system that that we have to be pragmatic about it. Mm-hmm. You can. Bill Maher did a great um, conversation about this on his show about take the money from these people like Barack Obama did and then do what's right. Mm. Yeah, and. One thing that I don't like about Bernie is his criticism of Michael Bloomberg. Mm. Bloomberg is a the ninth richest guy in the country. Mm-hmm. He used to be Republican, but he now he's part of one of us, and he's using his money for us. He's going to use his money to get rid of Trump. That's mm. the issue. Mm-hmm. And so, I think I think if we could get a leader that brings us together, and then build then we can change some of these things but we're yeah. just in such Honestly, to me the climate change thing is the thing to me i feel like our house is on fire 
and we need to put out the fire first. Well, a lot you of millennials I mean? don't have a house. We don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We literally are running around with chickens, like chickens with our heads cut off. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything. We don't even know about the future. Mm-hmm. We don't, we're not going to get social security. We definitely like a lot of people don't have insurance. Like it literally. Yeah. So <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I mean, that's the, that's part of the, what I would call on fire. Yeah. But I just feel like Bernie can't is going to have a harder time beating Trump, and then can't get it done when we get there. Well, here's that's the pro- well, here's that's, why that's, Bernie could definitely beat Trump is because all of you pragmatic voters, uh-huh. you're going to be pragmatic here. But what about the voters who aren't pragmatic? Are mm-hmm. they going to show up? You know well, what I mean? Well, that's the thing. That's. That's where my generation hits its head on the wall against your generation. You have to be pragmatic sometimes. Well, yeah. The 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 the, the deck is stacked against us. We have to ter- work together. Mm, yeah. Well, let me just say one more thing. I know you have that video up. Yeah, I want to show you this. But here's another thing: is that um, here is something that went viral on Twitter. Voting for Biden is the epitome of privilege. His voters want a quote return to normalcy. The underprivileged were suffering and dying before Trump, and they'll continue to suffer and die under Biden if we return to normalcy. When And then the privileged will just say, thank God I don't have to hear Trump on TV anymore. But don't you, but don't you believe, I mean, do you really believe that, oh, we, we vote for Bernie, he can get everything done? Well, no. I mean, that's, that's the fallacy of that. If that was true, I'm all for Bernie. Yeah, and also, that's, I guess... That's, the point. I guess part of the problem, too, is that he's so against establishment Democrats, then is he even going to get Democrats in the House to work with him? Right. Is that kind of what you're... That's exactly my point. Mm-hmm. That's exactly my point. And I guess... And, and Trump, Trump's a loudmouth, and he... A president can control a lot of stuff, but he hasn't really got anything done. That's what Republicans want, is get nothing done. We want to get stuff done. I guess I will say, too, the main sort of problem here... Is in general, people assume that the president has way more power and control than they really have. Mm-hmm. Like, see, I'm I'm all about like working together and stuff, but I just think that people are sort of starting to feel like both talking about the wealth inequality and mm-hmm. billionaires, and also talking about um, climate change. People are starting to feel like that's a non-negotiable. Yes, like it needs to be a conversation like on the table so do you think that barack obama did better than do you think he did a good job of that stuff i think that we weren't ready like yeah i think honestly what's happened is that all of us that are now all of us millennials like i'm a young millennial i'm on the tail end of it and i'm gonna be 26 this year we all have thanks (laughs) i'm just saying we all are the most educated generation. We all had to take like history and we had to take all these different electives. A lot of us took sociology electives and all the stuff. It's like, we like, I guess I think that this conversation has just sped up to where like back then we just were too more ignorant of it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I would say this. I think he probably could have done more. And I would say Bernie Sanders says that. But he had a financial collapse going on. Yeah. And it's almost like you can only do so much. Which well, yeah. I think is a generation. When you get older, you understand that. 
Yeah. But here's the good news for you. Mm-hmm. Who's going to win? Who's going to eventually win? I don't know. Your generation, because the other generations are going to be dead. Okay. Yeah, well, well, actually, let me just say one more thing on that, though, because <laughs> that's a good segue. I see what you're about to do there. Mm-hmm. What's so crazy to me is that Obama, I remember, I can't remember exactly when, but he was, like, unsure about gay marriage at first, and that was fine. That was just how it was at the time. And then now it's, it, like, was legal in 2015, and then now we're at the point where, like, See, it's like so much has changed even since Biden was in power in that way. Yes. We're like now it's like if you don't say she, he or she, her on your bio, you're a transphobe. Uh-huh. Now there's like all all that going on where like back then we loved Obama, but he like wasn't even he wasn't sure if he was for gay marriage. Yes. And then he changed his mind. Do you know who changed his mind? Right. Who? Biden. Really? And so, yeah, like Biden. It seems like he is the epitome of someone who has changed his mind and listened. Yes. But he maybe doesn't communicate. And also I would say that. this. Mm-hmm. I wish he wasn't so old. Mm-hmm. I wish he, he, I wish he was a little more pro- progressive. Yeah. But as a pragmatic voter, I'm voting for the people, the person on the ballot right now. I can't not vote for somebody just because th- it's well, not the actually, perfect I'll tell you, you know what i mean i'll tell you that i'll tell you that i like elizabeth warren i'm pretty sure I, more than trump uh-huh. i just was being even pragmatic in the fact that i knew that she wasn't gonna win gotcha so oh. anyway <laughs> okay so this is another political discussion mm-hmm. okay and this is with uh aoc alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, and I think this is interesting. Happy when you were elected because I thought it was a great... Okay, this is this is from The View. Mm-hmm. This is Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. interviewing AOC. Mm-hmm. Was, I was very happy when you were elected because I thought it was a great step in a, in a good direction, and then you lost me mm. because it felt like you were saying to people like me mm. that I was too old and didn't do enough oh, no. to make, well, that's what it sounded like. Mm. And so that has bothered me because I feel like, I love young people. I was once one. <laughs> <laughs> but you're on my shoulders. Absolutely. And Absolutely. we have carried this fight People like, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who was the only chick in the room for years, mm-hmm. and the fine Madame Feinstein, who was the only chick in the room for years and had to deal with all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And to sort of hear mm-hmm. it sound like you were dismissing mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. bothered the hell out of me. Of course. And she's been very yeah. upset about it. And I've been very yeah. upset f- yeah. about it for a, a long time. So mm-hmm. do you think maybe they misunderstood what you were saying? Did I misunderstand what you were saying? Because no. I read the blurb in the on the website. So mm-hmm. maybe you can no, clarify No, of course. And I, um, and I appreciate you sharing that with me because I think... Well, I figured a- everybody else probably already... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that with me. And I think that that's something that we have to model more in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I work very closely with my sister Rashida Tlaib. And one of the things that she says is that we're not s- divided, we are disconnected. And the way that we connect is by sharing honestly our takes with each other. Mm-hmm. But that being said, mm-hmm. um, first of all, I think there's a lot of incentive to blow up 
um, disagreements in the party as like huge fights. Um, because I think it's important for us all to recognize, and we do this in our rallies, to recognize the people who have been in this fight to allow us to have this window. So I thought this was really interesting for this show because um, that is what Whoopi says. That's that's exactly an older generation speaking yeah. to a millennial. Mm-hmm. And to me, uh, AOC was ex- is exactly a millennial sharing her feelings, her thoughts, and maybe offending people, mm-hmm. but not meaning to offend people. Yeah. Your thoughts, your thoughts yeah, on, so, on that di- on the dynamic there so, more than anything else. So I'll just say that whenever I listen to Whoopi, I wanted to roll my eyes because what <laughs> I want to say uh-huh. <laughs> is that, like, come on, like, okay, here's here's the thing: is that what she, what AOC is talking about, and what younger people are talking about is. Again, we're the most educated generation. We have way more access to information. We can Google at any moment. Uh-huh. We're fact checking constantly. Like it looks like we're just on our phone, but we're yeah. like, like we have access to information. It's like we then have reflected on, you know, American pol- someone like her has reflected on what we've done wrong and is now saying, hey, I think that some of these things that we did in the past was wrong. We could change it, and yeah. It was baby boomers, but you know, I feel like individual baby boomers take it personally when it wasn't you. You know what? Yeah, you know what's really interesting is um, uh-huh. older generations will say, "Oh, they're so sensitive. They're they're snowflakes." Well, Whoopi was personally offended by something. Yes, you know? exactly. It's like Whoopi was not in politics. It wasn't her. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know what? If Nancy Pelosi's offended, then she should say, hey, like, I just want you to know I'm on your team. I've, and I'm sure they talk, but it's like someone personally wanting to be like, hey, like, I did try what I can't. Like, they, they should be building those bridges yes. together. So I think we solved the problem here. Yeah. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Millennials should remember mm-hmm. that... A little bit, of, and I'm just going to talk about this later, but a little bit of respect goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And don't just fly off the handle and say what they think. And older generations shouldn't take it so personally. Yeah, and you know what's We just saw the gen- Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Well, you know what's interesting, though, is I think with things like social media, people, they are shouting into the void. Totally. They don't yeah. know who's responding. So it's like with Whippy there, she's able to explain it to yes. her. But when you're just saying it to everyone, mm-hmm. it's not like really going to be delivered so here's another aoc mm-hmm. uh that, that i want to ask you about it's mm-hmm. a, from the same thing but it's a different mm-hmm. look at it i've been campaigning with senator sanders for the last six months and he tires me out recently democratic representative alexandria ocasio cortez appeared on the view and the new york post published a piece highlighting tweets from conservatives criticizing her wearing a designer dress in her reaction to the story ocasio cortez fired back on twitter Yep, I rent, borrow, and thrift my clothes. It's also environmentally sustainable. The Post is just mad that you can look good fighting for working families. Sequins are a great accessory to universal health care. Don't you agree? (laughs) Okay, so your thoughts on that? That's awesome. Her response is awesome. Well, 
here's my thought on it. Can I share you my thought well, on it? Well, let me explain my thought a little bit more. Yeah. Is that the thing is, is that men have been commenting on women's outfits for literally no reason and reporting on it when she's a she's a political like she is an elected official. Yes. Talk about what she said. The thing is, is that that's not going to change mm-hmm. until women start saying. Like, fuck you, pretty much. Yes. Because the thing is, is that it's like you're shoving, shoving. And because no one reacted, they've been told to not react. Then people keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And even though it's like a microaggression or whatever, the thing is, is that it's only going to stop until someone like her or until everyone like her starts to say no. And so that's kind of where people think okay. that millennials are sensitive. But really, it's like asserting the boundary. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm listening to you. Mm-hmm. I want you to listen to me. This uh-huh. is part of generations. <laughs> Do you think that's appropriate? You think not appropriate. That's not the right word. Do you think what she's wearing mm-hmm. as she walks into something uh, communicates something? Mm-hmm. She's going to go meet with these other people, mm-hmm. and she she has that type of dress on mm-hmm. the the bright lipstick. What on a she daytime? Be well, my point is this. I don't know what she should be wearing. Well, I'm not going to even go that far. I am going to say this. She's communicating something. Look at me. I'm different. I'm not interested in fitting in. Well, that's what that's I'll say right is that she's not different is that that's how millennials dress. Well, so maybe that's not like maybe you wouldn't dress like that years ago, but she I didn't even notice anything about it. When I'm trying first to I'm trying to see the other people. The other the here we go. There's a whole just the difference in the dress. I guess I don't see it as that different. See, like I guess I don't even like look at her and think she's super dressed okay. up. Okay. And and maybe this is a concept that that Okay. Because fashion evolves and all if that. If I'm like, going mm-hmm. to meet with some inner city people, mm-hmm. either either African Americans or a diverse, mm-hmm. and I wear my cowboy hat and my cowboy boots, mm-hmm. I can do that. And no one's going to really care, but they're going to look at me and go, what are you doing? Yeah, but... And if I'm going to wear my football jersey... To a political meeting, because only because I like it. I think she looks professional. She does not look professional in my eyes compared to these other people that are there. Well, that's like that stuff is changing. Like the way that people perceive dress is changing. Yes. So that's like one thing. But let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. This is this is and because we're talking and we love each other and. This is not, but why is it there's so much demand for millennials to go along with with the way I'm doing things as opposed to, I think I may go along with other people to persuade them to go my way. Well, oh, actually, that's a good point because here's the thing is that she's not asking them to dress like her. She's saying she's at that that show to say, I have something to say and I'm going to share with you and persuade you. To my opinion. Well, what? No, but... She, and part of that is how she's presenting herself. I think that she is being herself and she's speaking the truth and that people... But you could be yourself You could be yourself and, and wear what she wears on the on Well, no, Congress. that's the thing is that I think she wants to, which I do as well, dismantle this this illusion, uh, illusion of a system 
there's so many things that literally don't matter. Like okay. she could wear whatever. Like yes. that's that's the thing is that like, and that's what she stands okay. for. So that's why she's gonna so, do it. So with that said, mm-hmm. if you're gonna wear something that communicates, I'm different or something. I don't even think it. Communicates if you're gonna communicate something, then be then don't be mad if if that's what you communicate. Well, no, because here here's the thing is that like. Um, I bet it's like she's she's like the youngest she's the youngest Congress woman, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like every time there's like a new young woman coming in, which there hasn't been that many, mm-hmm. I'm sure that the the outfits change with the generation. So what is like the appropriate way to dress for a congresswoman? Nobody knows because the thing is that there's never been a young congresswoman before being I'm not a woman saying, knowing what to and dress and i'm not saying what she she needs to dress like everybody else i'm saying yeah that when you dress for things and you're gonna go talk to these old hens here <laughs> <laughs> you're communicating something well yeah and don't be surprised that people get what you're communicating well what she was reacting to is the fact that news organizations find it newsworthy to talk about women's dress mm-hmm. as opposed to talking about other things and so what she fought back on which i agree with which because i get all thrifted clothes is that it's like she over here is literally solving the problem by literally not wasting and polluting mm-hmm. yeah they're over there talking about her dress yeah it's just sort of a way it's a way like she answered what it was but also by saying like all right you guys keep complaining about what i'm wearing i'm like actually like reducing my like my waist yeah and like solving things okay does that make sense yes do you understand what Uh, i'm saying i okay here's what i take away from what you're saying is that if you want to communicate with another person that is different from you that you should understand like that they have different cultural norms and like be respectful of that yes but here's the thing that i think she might be saying which is i'll I'll just say here's what i'm saying Mm -hmm. is that i'm uninterested in talking to any person that isn't willing to make that go both ways I am not completely. Yes, yeah, completely. So, so I'm not going to kiss the ass of anyone older. But then again, mm-hmm. so many times, you you have to take the first step. Yes, but I think that what it is is that because people are older or whatever, they they have don't the, think they have to do. They it. have the authority, and so they think that you are supposed to kiss the ass of them because that's what they. And do. I would say this: mm-hmm. I, they're wrong about that. Yeah. But I would say to my millennial friends mm-hmm. is try to take the first step. And if that don't work, go for it. Okay, yeah. No, that's, because, that's fine. Because that will go a long way, I But think. the thing is, is that what's the first step? Assimilating to what someone else wants? The thing is, the is first that step I want to be The first step is no like interacting what. with anybody. Listening, trying to understand their culture, trying to understand yeah. where they're coming from, and trying to um, build a relationship with them. Yeah, I'll just say that, at least for me, I'm uninterested with like the climbing the ladder, like kissing ass of people that have authority. Because the thing is, is that I, I'm either... You either are going to respect me mm-hmm. or not. Like, I'm always going to respect you, whether you respect me or not. But if you don't respect me, then I'm not going to even talk to you. Okay. Like, I'll respect you from afar. Does that make yes. sense? Yes. And be prepared for the... Mm-hmm. Just just be prepared for that is all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. I got I to gotta take a break here real quick. And we'll be back with more Generations Unite. <laughs> We're 
Rosati's Pizza in Overland Park. We've been here since 1995. We're strictly a carry-out delivery pizzeria and Italian caterer. We make everything in-house, from our dough to our pizza sauce, grate our own cheese. We do make authentic Chicago-style deep dishes and also Chicago-stuffed pizzas. We hand-roll every pizza to order and then sauce it and top it. We do offer pizza by the slice from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Seven days a week, we always offer our five basic choices of pepperoni, cheese, Italian sausage, classic combo, and meat classic. And on Wednesday through Friday, we have eight choices of slices to choose from. It's a very keep-it-simple setup here. Slices are walk-in, tell us what you want, boom, you're out the door within five minutes. That's been really convenient. You don't have to plan ahead to get this kind of food. It tastes really good, and it's worth coming just for the one. Our location here is about 80% delivery and 20% carryout. You know, you can order over the phone. We do have online ordering available at rosatisop.com, as well as just carryout, walk-in, order at the counter. There's no minimum delivery. We deliver everything that's on the menu. Slices are only available for carryout, but we do handle small and large deliveries daily. For office orders, people would often call a day ahead for catering for lasagnas and, and, and our large catering pastas and salads that we offer. But we can handle it on the spot the day ahead, too. Normally an hour's notice is all we need to get you pizza for 25 to 50 people. We are a full Italian caterer. Any Italian catering you would like, we can make it here in-house. We can do events from 15 people to 1,000 people. We can get it done. We've been voted Casey's Best Pizza somewhere almost every year since 1998. The main thing about our pizza is how fresh it is. We actually make the dough daily and roll it out to order. Sauces are made daily and just the care we put into making every pizza special. And welcome back to Generations Unite. We were talking off the air a little bit. Yeah. And I understand where she's come from. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Kind of, but okay, let me just say online, or uh, what I was going to say to you is that I feel like people don't understand is that millennial, it's like, we know that there's going to be backlash. Okay, good, good. That's all I'm saying. The thing is, is that I see AOC as someone who is empowered enough to say that. It's like, she's not crying at night. She's saying it for the principle of the thing to sort of let people know time and time again, she's the one being the voice for the fact don't talk about what women are wearing. Like, like, and yes, in case I, people I understand say that, that. I understand you know, that. Yeah. But I guess like, I think that older generations assume that whenever a millennial stands up for themselves, they assume that that comes from a place of like insecurity or defensiveness no. and stuff. I don't. Well, you're, you're the, um, I'm the middle woke, child. Middle child. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for a f- more fun game? Yes. Okay. It's it's a it's a thing. It's called. Am I the jerk? Oh, I came. I found one, but y- okay. are you gonna read? You should read one first. And um, I guess maybe we could do just a little more, a little more production here. You know. All right. It's now time to play. Am I the jerk? Starring Megan. And Paul. Okay. here. Tell them how the game's played, Megan. So, people who are unsure if they are the asshole or not. In Jer- situation- we're, we're doing jerk. Oh, 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 sorry. I already cussed in this. That's okay, but okay. I just thought I would turn it down a little bit. <laughs> okay, so wait. is uh, this Does this well, make me like AOC if I'm like, I'm going to say the right word even though you're no, a different generation. No, no, no. You don't like it. 
No, I don't like it because I, I found uh, good music. Uh, uh, you're okay. a jerk music. So. so here's how the game is played is that we read a situation that someone on the internet shared where they were not sure if they were the jerk in the situation or not. And what we're going to do is we're going to discuss whether or not they were a jerk. Okay. Do you want to go first or you want me to? You, you can go. Okay. Am I the jerk for not wanting my husband's friend at the birth of our child? Me, 24 female, and my husband, 24 male, are expecting our first child this summer. The pregnancy so far has been really tough on both of us. He works 96 hours a week and missed a lot of it, and I've been in a great deal of pain from complications. Despite that, we couldn't be more excited for this new journey. Jur- a journey. <laughs> However, <laughs> there's one thing we haven't been able to talk through or compromise on yet regarding the actual delivery. He wants to have eight to nine of his friends' co-workers at the hospital with us when I give birth. He also wanted to leave after I give birth to go off campus and do shots and smoke cigars with his friends before coming back and introducing baby to them. I hate every part of this idea. His argument is this is not it's they're not his friends, they're more like brothers because what? they work in the fire industry together. <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> he works in a fire station. Um, there's it's a lot longer. Am I being selfish for thinking on this day in particular? My needs should be put above anything else. It's hard to tell whether I'm being unreasonable, especially with all the hormone swing hormonal swings I'm expecting on a daily basis. Here, scroll up. Okay, a little again. I need mm-hmm. to see the beginning part, just the very beginning. Okay, so 24 year old female, 24 year old male. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. What do you he think? wants his friends. Right. And he wants the baby to be born and then he wants to go drink shots and smoke cigars and then bring them back to show him the baby. No. So he, he's the asshole. Yeah, well the jerk. <gasps> the jerk. The jerk. Sorry. So, and why is that you think? What should he be doing? Um having a baby it's like, sure, it's both of their kid. Yes, you have a, a child now. Mm-hmm. But giving birth is the woman. You need to be there for the woman. Right. It's not a party with your fire friends or mm-hmm. whatever they're they're doing. Celebrate with them like later. Exactly. Like the next day. The, he is being... You're a jerk. I know. You're a jerk. He's being a jerk. You're a jerk. I know. He Absolutely. needs to be there for his wife and his new child... And take care of them and then go do whatever later, much later, maybe a couple weeks later. It's so sad to me that she even had to think that it was yes. her, her hormonal. Yes. Fitness. And why is he Why is he gone 96 hours a week? It's also, I guess he's a firefighter and gone, but that just he should be more supportive of her during the pregnancy. Yeah. And also it kind of goes to show that he's probably a jerk in other areas if maybe... How did that idea get into her head that she's being hormonal? Yes, unless exactly. this guy has been saying it. So, yep, he's so, definitely a jerk. So he's the jerk, and to you, you're a hero. <laughs> and thank you so much. <laughs> All right, what's our next one? We're to see who the if okay. they're a jerk or a hero, All or an right. asshole if you want to say. It. I don't care. Well, okay, so <laughs> you're gonna love this headline. 
uh, am I the jerk for taking my stolen dog for two years from a family who loved her? <laughs> okay. I, I, I mean, yes, right now, but let's, let's find out more. You've been on both sides of the situation, maybe. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I adopted my dog from a shelter August 15th, 2014. Okay. It was a small-sized mutt, which looked a little like a collie, so we named her Collie. Okay, that's... Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay, Dumb. that's 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 it. <laughs> you're a jerk. I'm not. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Okay. I mean, just for that, you're a jerk. <laughs> collie. And you, and you don't deserve to have a, an animal. No. You need a more okay. creative name. Collie is the third member of our childless household of a family of pets. We had We have one more dog and cat. We had call we had Collie let loose to run around the neighborhood every evening and she would come back in about 30 minutes. It wasn't that we won't walk her. She just doesn't do well with a leash and pre- prefers to run around dog, by herself. You can't let your dog run around the neighborhood. Our other dog prefers to be leashed. <laughs> and me and my wife walk her every day. One day Collie didn't return. It was the 11th of May, 2018. Happy birthday, Jack. Yes. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Jack. Um, yes. I do record down these dates. Okay. We were devastated and looked for her for weeks. Posters with reward, social media, and shelters. We did everything we could. Eventually, we gave up and accepted that we may never see Collie again. Because you let him run around the neighborhood. <laughs> Last month, I was visiting a client's house, and on the way, we happened to see Collie entertaining herself in someone's yard. I wasn't sure at first, but the similarities were definitely there. So I called out her name, and she raised her head and responded, which confirmed it. Wait, so you don't know what your dog looks like? <laughs> your dog runs around the neighborhood so much, you don't know who she looks like, yeah. yet you love her so much, and she's part of the family. I wonder if it's the same guy who's now having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> You think that's part of the family. You have two dogs that sleep in the bed with you. That's yes. really part of the family. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so um, I called her name. She, it, she responded. I went knocking on the door and two children answered. The adults weren't home. <gasps> it turns out the younger child of the family took Collie from the streets thinking that she was abandoned. Oh, okay. Wonder why that would be. The family took Collie in and never bothered to find her owners. Collie has been microchipped, and my contact number was on her collar. Okay, mm-hmm. that changes things. Okay. I told the two children that I will be taking Collie and left them my <laughs> number, telling them to let their parents contact me for the expenses for the two years that they had them. I will pay them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa, two years. Yeah, 2014 to 2018. That's four years. Oh, she didn't return. Okay, anyway. Okay. I will I will pay them. They tried to stop me, but I warned them that they have stolen my dog. Wow. And that stopped them. Wow. I had been in contact with their parents, and they've begged me to return Collie to them. They said that they could even pay me for her. I said, no, Collie is a part of my family, and they should have thought about that when they decided to keep a stolen dog. I'd been running around... I've been running through pictures of my family's Facebook page, and from the videos and pictures, it seems like they really... Or of the family's Facebook page... It seems like they really did love her and treated her very well, but it still doesn't excuse them for stealing her. The parents of the family are guilt-tripping me, saying how devastated their children are, and I won't budge, neither would my wife, but it does make me feel a little sad that they have to be separated from the kids like that. Wow. Wait, that's difficult. I actually don't know. 
I believe that he's a jerk. And here's why. Mm -hmm. He let the dog run away with no leash. And it was gone for two years. (laughs) At some point, you just got to say, and then there's a little, and then taking the dog and then. Yeah. I, I just feel like he's a jerk and should have said, darn it. I sure wish it went and ran away because he's also trying in this thing, this holier than thou. Yeah. You stole my dog. No, your dog was running around. Yeah. And it was abandoned. Yeah. I definitely think that they should have checked to see if there was a microchip mm-hmm. and called, especially if it was in the collar. But was the collar there? I mean, I, I don't. Right. Like, did he just throw that in to make himself sound better and say, yeah. oh, there's the collar? I find it hard to believe someone would find a dog with a collar or the number on their not column. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if I, like, okay, if this happened to Chelsea or something when she uh-huh. was running around. Yeah. I saw her in someone else's yard or so something. So Chelsea was our old dog that yeah. used to jump through the fence and Megan would get very upset when she was gone. Yeah, I cried. I would be And like, then one time I'm like, forget her. I'm tired of running around after her. Because I would run to get her because she's my dog. Mm-hmm. And then remember that? What? I'm like, I forget her. I'm, I'm, let her run. I'm, I was so mad. And you're you like, felt abandoned no, by her. No, don't get to find her. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that like, if I, if that happened with Chelsea, where she ran away, hey Chelsea, where she ran away and she like, I found her in someone's like backyard. Well, see, yeah. Okay. I guess here's the thing is that. But we never let Chelsea run around. She Mm-mm. jumped the fence or, or dug, dug through or something like that. I think it's excessive. She escaped. <laughs> it's excessive to knock on the door and take it with the kids. Like, the, no way. Like, if you like happen to find your dog somehow, maybe they were, maybe she was running around. Sneak them off? Yeah. Oh, oh, Uncle Phil's calling. Caller? Caller, you on the air? Um, I needed to know if I'm a jerk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, one time I found a little puppy dog. In a very, very remote area of the town okay. where there's no way the dog would ever have been, uh, like, roaming. It was definitely a, a, like a drop-off, and they always drop dogs there to like so they'll die. Okay, well, th- thanks, and, for, thanks for calling, caller. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Was it on S Road? I'm not telling you where it was, but anyway, I was making short and sweet. So I tried to find a home for this dog, and... Uh, the found uh the, the 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 owner and called the owner and seven times hmm. and the owner never ever returned any calls and so someone else took the dog and gave it the best home the dog ever had and then like a year later the owner called me and said uh-huh. hey how about that dog and i didn't return the phone call and i never told the people that don't that, <laughs> I get, that adopt the dog so just, interesting i, 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 I can <laughs> I can listen on fire, but just, I need to know if I'm a jerk. Okay. Thanks for my call. Thanks. Love your show. I, thank you. So let's discuss that yeah. situation. So what do you think? I I think he's a hero. I think he's not only a hero. <laughs> he could be one of the greatest heroes of all time. Yeah, I agree. I don't know the situation he's talking about, but I bet you that new home, that dog... <laughs> is taken care of loved. and is loved and found a best friend mm-hmm. pretty much my best friend yeah and you know what 
I'm sure she has a comfortable place to, to lay her head at night. Mm-hmm. It's yes. really part of the family. Yes. So, to answer your call, caller, we never caught his name, did we? Mm-mm. So, there, in my mind, there's there's um, Jesus, mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. but above that is you, <laughs> caller, and the way that you treated that dog. The caller kind of sounded a little bit like Kermut. <laughs> <laughs> Just the voice. Yeah, I, got, I ran away one time, and I got stuck in a uh, radio radio station oh. and everything like that. Oh, Kermit. Shut up. <laughs> oh, wait, that was a, uh, what is it, crossover episode? <laughs> it's a crossover. Now, do we have any more? Okay, do we? Yeah, so we. Th- what did you think about Collie? Collie's dad. Did you think he was a jerk? Like, just... Yeah. Okay. Don't lose your dog. Also, like, is that illegal to like have your dog running around the neighborhood? Absolutely, like it is. Like, yeah. Now, when I when I was growing up, this is a generational thing. Our dogs did it all the time, but nowadays you don't do that. You just don't do that. No. I bet. I wonder. If, wait. How old is this man? This is almost like. A generation. You're, this is a song that millennials listen to growing up that you're playing. Did you know that, or yeah, did you just did. find it? I just found it because it said "jerk." Okay, so you didn't realize that that was a hit song when I was in high school. No, I didn't. See, you're literally playing like a millennial yeah, favorite. For I'm trying to song. help out. Okay. Okay, so uh, there. That was our segment. We call it "Am I a Jerk." So that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's wrap up here and mm-hmm. uh, with our last thing. What is? Do you have one thing that you need for me to learn? Mm. You want me to do mine first? Yeah, do yours first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of been mentioning this. Mm-hmm. A little respect goes a long way. Millennials often walk right up to the CEO when there's something that they'd like to communicate. This ambush reliably sh- seems to stun the CEO who has lived her professional life honoring a very specific hierarchy. Millennials do not do this to be disrespectful. On the contrary, it seems to happen to express a concern that truly may want to be helpful. Millennials get mocked a bit because on soccer teams, everyone got a trophy. While all their friends and bosses and pa- are friends with them, all their friends and bosses and parents are friends with them on Facebook. They operate horizontal, not vertical structures, and they have been raised to believe that our, their viewpoints matter equally. Were you raised that way? Yes. See, I was not raised that way at all. Uh-huh. So here's the lesson for millennials. It's not always what you say, but how you say it and when you say it that's important. Millennials' viewpoints don't always matter to the executive leaders. Actually, everyone's viewpoint doesn't always matter to executive leaders. Bursting into a CEO's office and word vomiting generally doesn't do justice to the passion of your thoughts. As a millennial, it is the you should remember the net benefit to respect the way the older people function. Well, I can so I respond that, to that. Well, there's no response. That's that's. A thing for you to think about. Well, I, have a, I have something for you to yeah, think about. Yeah, you have about. questions? 
Okay. So, if you, Generation X, uh-huh. you were raised with this, these beliefs and you hated it so much that you gave us all trophies, how are we supposed to learn the invisible rules of how to talk to people? Whenever, especially for me, there's all this like corporate speak. Yeah. I recently found this article from the Atlantic that was all about like the different corporate fluff words to use and uh-huh. stuff. Thing is, is that when you start a job and they're like, we care about you. We aren't like other companies. We don't have hierarchy. Like that. These are things I've heard mm-hmm. of like, please don't hesitate to share. It's like, there's all these like invisible rules in like that system that it's like, well, for one, it doesn't make sense to begin yes. with because I literally feel like it's like this system that we're in, both with business, politically, economically, it was like built by old, rich, white men. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really make sense for everyone. And right. so it was built by people in power. Well, you say it doesn't make sense. But you power. say it doesn't make sense for everyone, but it's just like. It may not make sense, but it is also the way the people have grown and they've learned how to deal with the world. Yeah, and it's been it's built by it's a system. So that's smashing built, it maybe doesn't yeah. isn't doesn't accomplish. Well, kind of because that's okay. So here's here's how I would here's what I would like you to think about. Okay. No, wait, wait, wait. Did uh-huh. you get? Did you get what? I mean, no. to me, you don't, because that whole thing is just about kindness and understanding. Yeah, I know. So and there understanding. needs to be kindness. The people in, the people in charge need to be, uh, share what their expectations okay. are. Who goes first with being kind? The people who apparently. The person in the mirror goes first with no, no, being no, kind. No, yes. No, absolutely. That's not, the, that's not the point. That's what everyone should hear. The thing hear. is, is that whoever is hired to do a job, it's like the people in charge need to be clear about what their expectations are or else they might not be met. But they aren't. They never are. Yeah, and so. And if, you and can't if millennials have that expectation, the they should. They don't have an expectation. They shouldn't have that expectation. No, the older people, the people who are in charge, the superiors in any workplace, they need to give yeah, clear okay. expectations. Here's the secret. No one's in charge. Everyone's dumb. No no one knows what they're doing. Yeah, millennials know that. That's yes. Sure. Right. But also, like, if you want us to abide by something, tell us what your expectation is. I agree with that. I agree so with that. So here, here's what I would say is that the way that, like, the rules of life of uh-huh. how to get by, it was built by rich white people in power in order to maintain them in power. You've been duped. We've all been duped. Yes. Everyone's been duped. We've all been duped. It's not like that just because you're a white man, things are great. It was built by these rich people saying this is how okay. it should be. And so here's the thing, like with corporations, I was talking to my friend about this. It's like you create this thing for them and they give you a salary in exchange for doing it. But then that goes on to make them thousands way right. more like what right. you created makes them way more right. than what you got right and so the thing is is that that's how it all like that's how all this stuff is to where okay here's i, I understand that yeah and I, I know you do but you what, don't have to rephrase it in any other way i well, get it i guess but here was the thing that i wanted to i guess communicate to the older generations is that that and we kind of talked about this last week or last time month <laughs> That, if you were paying, it's like, if you were giving my basic needs, then sure, yeah, I, it's a fair deal, mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. you're taking the risk, right? and I'm helping you, and you can profit off of my labor, 
But the thing is, is that they aren't even covering the asses of the people. So why on earth should, if you aren't even covering their asses, why on earth should they allow you to exploit their labor? Like, it makes no sense. It literally makes more sense to make your own money your own way. Yes. Like, it does. So... So what do you think about this scenario that I found that where the person feels like they were running to the CEO and tell them a thing or two? It feels like a made up scenario. Like, does that really happen? I guess I feel... a scenario of a millennial wrote that. Well, I I feel like if that were to happen, it would be because the CEO was like, you can't. Like whenever I worked at Unity, for example, the CEO was always walking around, always saying hello to me, Uh always like talking so it's like if the CEO makes it seem like they want to know what you want to say, then I can totally see why someone would do that. Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm saying is like it's the CEO's uh, as the leader, it's their job to make it very clear what the expectations mm-hmm. are for people. Mm-hmm. So and I've worked. I think the bigger issue on that is mm-hmm. try to understand other people's point of view. Yeah. But- and that they have their own challenges as well. Yeah, I know. They no do. matter what they are, whether they benefit from. Uh, white male, whatever it is. I think the they main have, challenge they nobody, have is that they're deluded. They're deluded. But that. nobody walks around and goes, I'm sure I'm glad that I'm a white male today. I'm going to, you know, they have their, they have their own issues. Well, and they're, and they, and regardless of what color or, or race or how mm-hmm. old they are, they're people. Yeah. And I they're agree. human beings. I agree with that. That's why, like, I think that the reason why my reaction is strong is because that doesn't even seem like a real scenario and it doesn't even okay. seem like what millennials are even concerned so, with. So I guess what I'm saying is as you desire for older people to understand the challenges that you have mm-hmm. in your generation, understand that they have challenges too. Yeah. Now, this isn't a contest of which is worse. You probably would win that one. But the point is everyone has challenges. But also whose and responsibility should be, is it? It's no one's responsibility. Well, That's no, my point. Nobody's who are in you charge think, should be leaders. Absolutely. So what are you going to do? Chew them out to where they're not? Well, no. Like you're, you're going to work with them. And you're going to listen to them and help no, them get a, there's away. There's no reason to. Like there's literally no reason to. Okay. So what would you do if you yeah, CEO who, who wouldn't listen to you? Like either. You'd leave, right? Yeah. Quit the job. Like the thing is there are no, like there, it's, it's not that easy because like. But, like, literally the thing is, here. just as an example, like, imagine if you are literally an expert in your industry, yet nobody can see it because you're so much of an expert that none of the people hiring have any clue what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. And then they aren't paying you enough to live. You, are, you haven't even started paying your student loans. And then turns out that the higher-ups spent thousands of dollars on some TV ad that did nothing. Yeah. Why would you think that you should work with them? They aren't even caring no, no. for your basic needs. I'm not saying you should work with them. I'm saying that the most principal thing to do would be to leave. Well, okay. what if there's no other option? If there's no other option, then you have to swallow it and understand that yeah. there are people with challenges too. And that you have to, if you want, if you want what you're getting from them, you have to work with them well, as well. That's the thing is that I think that more and more millennials, the thing is, is that um, corporations, if they want to function... The the deal needs to make sense. The deal like, needs to make needs sense. It needs to actually Absolutely. make sense for what you're paying. Right. And the problem is the problem is that again the the deck is stacked against you, so you can never have a fair deal. 
So really what I'm realizing that was what I wanted to say is that I'm realizing lately that doing my own business is a m- 10 times like easier mm-hmm. and more profitable. Well, there you and go. I then. wish that I would have told, I wish that that was taught, but it's not like you're taught that you're supposed to be nice to the CEO. And the thing is, is that no, why should you, you shouldn't be taught that you're nice to CEO. You, know, you should be taught that you're nice to people. Well, yeah. And you should be nice. But the thing is, thank that, you. That's all I'm saying. I know, but that's never been my problem or millennials problem. Like that's never the problem. No, like, but the problem, but the problem is being so passionate about something and not taking that one half step to understand how am I going to communicate to if you, to this person with a different with a different needs, point of view? If you can't get your basic needs met, then people don't really feel like like it's the same as like like millennials are in like if you look at the statistics, millennials are very much like. There's a high percentage of them in poverty. I don't know what I'm like really trying to say. But but how does this have to do with anything we're talking about though? The thing is is that if they if people were paid accurately for the what they are giving Yes, but are you going to get paid more by not dealing with people as What about people? unions? What about protests with like with unions saying they need to fight for themselves? The person fighting for themselves is how is how you get paid more. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm saying is that I disagree that being nice is not what helps. Hmm. Like, is that you have to defend yourself. You have to say, look, th- I I have nothing. You have to be clear about just how much. Since here's the thing is that older generation, the older generation are like in that example that you gave, they're not bad people. I, I think they haven't done the math. I think they don't know how bad a deal they're giving. So how do you convince them to know? How do you teach them That's to know? That's the problem because I guess I see what you're saying that like you can't just blow up on people and be rude, but also you have to defend yourself and I think the hard part is like meeting in the middle with that. Is that cuz what I'm realizing is that nothing will change if you aren't defending yourself and like prioritizing yourself. I agree with you yeah. on that. So I agree with you on that, and I heard you say mm-hmm. that you agreed with me on something. Yay. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> I just think that anything, that, that that just made me mad because it's just not a real accurate representation. Okay. Of, Here. It's kind of. Throw it away, and I'll come up with something better next time. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. <laughs> Do you, you have anything to say? Thank you for your time, Megan. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dad. I I just feel like it's almost impossible for people to realize, like, I don't know. Just It really is such a different world. It really yes. is such a different... But don't you think we should keep talking about it? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I love you. I love you. Generations Unite has been a KCTK production produced by Megan Lavoda and Paul Lavoda. All rights reserved. For more information and content, email us at kctkradio at gmail.com.